podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another new Spurs order podcast under the touchline fracker banner. We've got a slightly special one um, for this episode. Um, we've got a special guest on. We're going to be joined for this podcast from, uh, well, by Johnny from the Ale and the Vale podcast. Uh, firstly, man, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just a lack of football at the moment. Just keeping preoccupied during the winter break and... Um, yeah, just spending more time with the children, I guess. Good excuse, though, <laughs> ain't it? Yeah, seems like we've had a winter break as well because we played 16 minutes against Reading last week and then tomorrow's been called off, so there we here go. we go. Uh, what, why did the last game get called off? Uh, we played Reading, and you may have seen that they, they invaded the pitch against their owners, so... Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I weighing in about that. Yeah. Um, they weren't happy. No, they weren't happy. I don't blame them either. They've they've been run really poorly. So um, you you see these Man United fans kicking off about their owners and like I, don't, I think some of them don't know the born when they, when they look at actual clubs that could go out of business. So yeah. mm. do you guys get the win for that then? Um, we don't know. We actually uh, we're still waiting to hear what's actually going to happen. Um, it's it's a it's a strange situation because. Under normal circumstances of a game being abandoned, you'd kind of know why it was abandoned. But mm. when when fans were on the pitch and refused to leave, and rightly so, um, because they've they've tried everything to get their owner out. They've tried; he, he just isn't turning up. So um, they've had to do something to make a statement. But yeah, it's it's it, it was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I, I mean, this is. That's not really this is music for, for your ears as well, yeah. You were calling for Spurs fans to do this last year. Probably Listen, before. I'm, I'm all for it. Listen, I was born in the realm of anarchy, yeah? So I'm all for it, yeah? If if the owners don't want to listen, make them listen. So Reading fans, hearing this, invade more pitches. Actually, don't invade more pitches because then you guys will blame it on me. I don't want to be sued, so I retract that. But... I mean, if it comes to it, it comes to it. Um, obviously, Reading aren't the only team going for a little bit of a hard time at the moment. You've got uh, you've got the Vale, Port Vale, got a couple of loanees that have left recently. Um, you've got Oli Arblaster, who was on your last episode of your podcast, Johnny. And then you've got our very own... Um, some people in and around the Spurs face have called him a potential generational talent. 
as he joined you guys um on learning the summer we've just recalled him so we can learn him to plymouth but i just want to rewind back to the summer how did you feel when alfie divine initially joined you guys and how did you think he would pit, fit into kind of port vale's aspirations during the season yeah well we signed we signed ollie um before alfie came in and everyone was a bit excited by ollie and then alfie came in and it was like wow we've signed a lad that people have seen play for england at every level we win tournaments with england we've seen them he's, he's had his debut for spurs and scored he's, he's highly rated and it, that's them sort of players don't usually end up at port vale so it was exciting um he struggled at the beginning um he looked he looked like a young lad at the beginning um but then when he found his groove you saw you saw the difference between what a player like Alfie has now and what he's potentially going to become and some seasoned pros that were playing at that level and have have not really played it any higher up so mm-hmm. it's just yeah he's he'll play he'll play in the premier league whether whether he's a generational talent or not is putting a lot of pressure on him but mm. It's yeah. You can see you can see there he's he's a good player. So like we um obviously raised off quite a few eyebrows. No disrespect to Paul Vell when he initially went there because there was quite a few that thought okay he's gonna probably be good enough for a championship loan if he kind of fits the style of play. And then we saw he was going to League One Port Vale and from from the kind of base layer, I think um someone from our account messaged someone on the, your account just to get a kind of debrief on how um Port Vale play and it seemed like it was very much like a counter-attacking type team whereas I think it was more favorable in like everyone's mind that Divine would suit a team which okay they're going to get on the ball a lot be probably one of the stronger teams in that league um but yeah how did you kind of feel like he was going to fit into the team kind of like in the first few weeks and months of the season yeah so we we originally thought he'd come in as a, as a number 10 um because we were, we were playing two number 10s behind a lone striker at the point so we thought he'd come in as a number 10 and as i say he, he struggled a little bit there i think he struggled with the fact that some good old-fashioned center halves are still in that league and there's a bit of no no prisoners held there and then we dropped him back to an eight and he seemed to thrive there because he'd get more of the ball. He'd see more of the pitch. He was able to run past players on and off the ball. So he, he, he feels to me that he'll, he, he'll develop as one of your three man midfield rather than being your technician in that whole sort of thing. As I've seen a lot of Spurs fans comparing to James Madison and show that that's like his natural progression. And whilst it might be in the Premier League, um, currently, I, I just see from what I've seen of him at Vale that he'd be, he's very much a deeper player than that. Mm. And we'll get into this um, as well later, yeah, because a lot of um, Spurs fans are now saying, because there's been a lot of strong rumours about Conor Gallagher potentially joining from Chelsea, we'll be giving them like 45, 50 million for a player who might be blocking a pathway for someone like Alfie Devine. So it is interesting you say that because... And Postacoglu is looking for a kind of box-to-box type eight who can kind of crash the box. And it looks like Divine's that type of profile. He's still maturing, of course. He's got to go through that Nathan Smith baptism of fire, so I hear. 
um, yeah. from that area. And yeah, like how um, I mean, how have Port Vale been doing this system uh, this season? Like, have you changed the system to like? Did you have to change the system to accommodate Divine, or is it just been a case of just putting him in one of the eight positions which already existed, and then um, you guys started doing a bit better from there? In all fairness, it came about by the fact that our striker recruitment is terrible. So <laughs> we we signed two by strikers and ended up putting one of our midfielders up front, which freed up the gap, and Alfie then dropped in because um, Ben Garrity ended up playing up front for four or five games. So Alfie then dropped in to that to that gap, and he came alive. Um, and then he was still. He, he was he was in the squad then, and he was doing well. Our blaster was still outshining him a little bit, so mm. it was it was quite interesting to see the pair of them. And then Ollie got injured against Middlesbrough, got recalled, and then the month after, Alfie's just properly stepped up and taken that mantle on and taken the pressure and just ran with it. And you can see that there's a real player there, but. We don't seem to have changed what we've done because we've signed them. We seem like we've signed the boys to fit in to what we were planning to do. Um, mm. However, thing, let's say, thing, things did change and he played in two or three different positions, shall we say. But yeah, it was it, it was quite interesting to see that. And yeah, it sounds like um, it's... Obviously, very good analysis as well, Johnny. But I was just thinking, like, will he? Do you think he'll be missed by Port Vale? Um, I just saw. I haven't seen the whole video yet, but I saw he did an eight-minute goodbye video, which is a half. I think Harry Kane's was um, less than a third of that um, to Spurs. So <laughs> I know Yao smiling because he's happy about it. But um, yeah, like, what was kind of the the contents of that and? the context of that if you will like was it yeah it, amongst the fans yeah it is very much so but in in all fairness it's it's more a pr exercise by us than anything else we we were doing we did this with ollie um as well and it's kind of like look at us we've taken a top premier league club's lone player and he's saying that he's enjoyed his time here, the coaching mm. staff, the fans are all good. And we're just using it as a PR exercise, I feel. Um, and that's that's obviously not against Alfie there or anything, but we can then send that to the next club and say, Luke, a lad that's played for England at every level, up, up to under 20s, because that's how old he is, has said how good we are here. We show that to Man United at the minute, because we've just, um, Fabrizio Romaro's just linked us with Dan Gore, for example, um, mm-hmm. if, if we show that to them and go, look, England internationals just had had a great time here. So why can't why can't your young lad sort of thing? So I think I think that's part of why we've done it. But then the other part is that like we, it's nice to hear from fans, especially at our level. Um, it's nice to hear from the players. It's nice to see what they think of the club as they're leaving. Um, and yeah, it, it's it was it's what it was well taken. Alfie said all the right things, you know, like the fans mm. were great and and all that, like the the usual PR tick boxes. But yeah, it's. I think I, I really feel it's a promotional video for us, not anything else. But Damn. was the Ali Arblast one eight the... minutes long as well? Sorry, that was twelve minutes. Wow. Oh, 12 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 
I haven't checked the league um, to see where uh, Port Vale are. Where 15th. are you currently in the league? Yeah, fifteenth. Okay, so you so you were in a bit of a scrap. You were fighting, um, but do you, how do you feel the rest of your season will go? Um, well, yeah. So we started the season brilliantly by losing seven nil. So that that always yeah that that always starts the season with a bang, doesn't it? Um, we then went on beaten for. 10 games and then didn't win in 13 so it's safe to say that our season is very up and down yeah um alfie and ollie were very important in how we played they they were they were really they they, they were players that you could give the ball in any position and you trust them and they yeah. do something with it and they'd very rarely lose it you alfie made one mistake whilst being at Vale, um and that was the other week where he overplayed it in our box, give it to a player that didn't want it, and we conceded from it. Now, that's his only mistake that's of note. And mm. yeah, it cost us a goal, but in 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 the light of day, in in any other position, probably like a lad takes that off him and and does does all right with it. But at League One, we'd prefer to see that kicked into the stand. So, <laughs> yeah, going forward, I think it'll just be a case of. Oh, well, I just got off bear with going going forward. I think it'll just be a case with 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 Alf is that we're going to have to replace him. We've brought in Jensen Weir from Brighton, who was on loan at Blackpool at the start of the season, but not getting much football. From his previous clubs, he was on loan at Morecambe last year and scored ten goals. So I think he's he's more the Alfie replacement than the Ollie, um, and Dangor we're we're very heavily linked with. So. We, we definitely need to replace them and we need to replace them with similar quality. I yeah. don't believe we'll get the same quality because both of the boys are, they're, they're, they're ahead of, they're ahead of their curve probably for their age group. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's impressed. It's impressed us what we've done um, in terms of the loan signings, all of them really um, that we've, we've had in. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And didn't he? Um, was it he scored a winning penalty against a team in the um, EFL Cup? Um, he, he sc- Alfie scored the winning penalty against Oxford in the league. Okay. Um, and he also scored the winner against Mansfield in the quarterfinals of the. Uh, sorry, in the third round of the League Cup before the quarterfinals. So yeah, he scored a couple of important goals, but the game against Oxford, when Alfie came off the bench, he set up one with a free a free kick and then scored a penalty against his international teammate because James Beadle was in goal at the time that's the England under-20s keeper. So, um, yeah, that that was that that's nerves of steel from a lad that's probably seen you take hundreds of penalties. Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very good player, Alf. Yeah, can't yeah. argue what you're hearing about him. Sounds, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, 
on an upwards for the veil for the rest of the season, I guess. Hopefully you guys get the win um against Reading. Even though it's not mm. Reading at all. But yeah. no, thank you for joining us on that one, Johnny. You got a nice little lowdown on um on Alfie Divide. Maybe he make an appearance on your podcast as well as the the goodbye video. I still can't yeah. believe Ollie uh Ollie Hardblasters was twelve minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a PR exercise as well because he's once he joined the podcast as well. So yeah, I'll yeah. be a fair player. Maybe you are a very good club to to develop your players. Yeah, well, if you if you want to be sending Jamie Donnelly our way, then that that won't won't begrudge that. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking about him later as well. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're keeping tabs, yeah. keeping tabs on our players. Yeah, well, I think we we were linked with um, is it soon Sot Bell as well earlier yeah. in the window yeah, yeah we'll link them. yeah so either of them will do we, we need a striker so yeah we'll link share as well maybe we've got quite a few yeah. young strikers even dane scarlet i think he just got yeah. injured again though um <laughs> but yeah we'll probably see you one here again very soon then if that's the case hopefully so all right johnny we'll take it easy and thank you again um for joining us i'll let you know um, get back out of your car now thank you for pulling over <laughs> and taking time out of your evening to speak about alfie no you're fine mate anytime all right i'll see you soon all right see you in a bit cheers boys cheers cheers all right yeah all right so, we'll try we'll look to save 50 million on uh connor gallagher then yeah by the looks of it listen i'm not one for the whole uh connor gallagher move to be honest with you, I don't I don't have a problem with him. I think he's a decent player. Mm. Um I did I think he had a very good uh, tenure at um uh what do you call it, Crystal Palace. Yeah. You know, BRP stocks well, but since he's returned to uh Chelsea, he, he he nothing's really moved the needle for me. So I'm like, I don't really see um the need for us to get in a player that you know may it might it might breach um or um, actually bring in the the gap, I'd say, between the uh, starters and the fringe players. Might bridge that a bit better. Um, because for mm. me, the drop-off from, you know, who the, uh, the out-and-out starters to your, even to your skips and your Hoibjergs um, is night and day, you know, like, sorry to say this, you know, I don't really want to go against skip too much, but, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't really moved the needle, if I'm being brutally honest. And, Everybody knows what I think about Hoybjerg, so yeah. I was looking at you when he mentioned how Divine made that one mistake and he gave it to a player who didn't want the ball. And I did think of a player who plays for Spurs pretty quickly, and I looked to see if you had seen the same or thought the same thing. Um, I imagine me mentioning it now will probably trigger that, but it was just interesting to hear. Well, I say the player thing because the people won't know. No, the people know. No, the they won't. Who are the people? The people who are the people. Who know. <laughs> you, you, you say the player's name. Hoybjerg. <laughs> the little bastard. <laughs> I hate his guts. I hate his guts. I, hope, I really hope he listens to this because I personally, I'll say this uh, about Hoybjerg. I don't think, I think he's got a very fantastic understanding of football. I think him understanding the game of football, high level. Top top level IQ, but for the love of Jesus Christ, the the conversion 
of what we get on the pitch is horrific. It is absolutely horrendous. Like, people have to, we have to question why he's done this to us. Like, what did we do so wrong in his life that he thinks we deserve to see some of the football that he's given us over the years? Mm. We don't know, but obviously now Alfie Devine gone on loan to Plymouth. He's been signed by a player with the surname, a uh, manager, surname Foster. Foster's signed um, a couple of players he used to work with. Used to work with Alfie Devine in the England setup. Mm. By the sounds of it, they play um, they play a back three system as well. Yeah. Um. So they have the three midfield with uh, number ten playing off um two split strikers. So I imagine he'll probably take one of those positions. And they seem to score quite a lot of goals. So hopefully they play good football. I can't say I've watched them, but I will be. And he's linking Ashley up Phillips. with, um, uh, what's his name? He's going to be linking up with Phillips. Ashley Phillips, who apparently had a very good debut. He did. Um, uh, and uh, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, but on commentary on Sky Sports, he said, hey, you know, this kid's going to be something. So. Mm. This is what I mean. So they seem to score quite a lot of goals for a team who are 19th currently in the championship. But yeah, onwards. And is that Plymouth? For them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Flip, you know. 1-7, drawn 9, lost 11. That's some bad defeats, but... Yeah, yeah. But their goal difference is only minus 2, so... Okay, then, they, yeah, they definitely score. Or they, they score in, and concede a lot, you know. Um, so they need to bog down and sort that out immediately. Yeah, yeah. I was just going through some of the results, and they drew um, a home 3-3 to Watford recently. And, you know, Watford are one of those yo-yo sides that always be... Very good for the championship, but not quite good enough for the Premier League. Was, was the three-three draw against Watford the most recent one? No, um, I think second or third to last one. Okay, but that one just stood out to me as like, yeah, I just wanted to see how the team looked to set up. Um, obviously, without watching many highlights, I think they'll show up the defense now. Ashley Phillips is there, and seems to be the way. Like he needs a good run of games um, because obviously we want to get some some minutes. Um, mm. under his belt so a good run of games and we can take it from there exactly that so we're off the back of the United game now and it's actually quite exciting so very good game for the neutral we're going into it with um, we found out like an hour before kickoff there'd be no Kulisevsky but Van der Ven Romero came back into the lineup with Timo Werner making his debut some call him Turbo Timo um, probably over there at Chessie Hour. They seem to love him. Definitely not sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> what did you make of... Um, I mean, what are your thoughts going into the game? And I feel like I always say this, but how did you think the kind of f- the, the first half played out? Um, I think the first half more played... It, it kind of split into like two, two halves in the first half. So... City, uh, not City, sorry, United started off very fast, extremely fast, you know, like, um, they seem to be doing a lot of these diag cross balls um, throughout the match, but in in that first instance, you know, it's quick balls, um, and then I I think it was just poor defending, personally, for their first goal. I know it was early in the match, but it just felt like, you know, the the defence hadn't really sorted out their feet, but Hoyland... Oh my god, he he let that mm. rip. That, listen, I don't think many goalkeepers are saving that. I know it's near post, but that was all power, no finesse. 
Um, and, you know, we, there's nothing you can do about it. But we showed great character, you know, in that first half. Um, came back into the game, got our equaliser, as you do. Um, Werner had, you know, I'd say chances, not, nothing too great. Um, Richardson had chances. Richardson scored a goal from the corner. And what I will say is, oh, my gosh, our set-piece deliveries from Poro throughout that match, especially in that first half, were on the money. Um, and well, we on the money mace, you could say. Literally, on the money mace. I like what you did right there. Like, mm -hmm. Where to mace over there, if he's ever watching. Um, but, yeah, so um, we could have gone into the uh, end of the first half 2-1 uh, up. Um, I think it was... If you want my honest opinion, I think it was quite unfortunate that we went into the half 2-1 uh, down. Uh, I know we could have equalised the score to make it 2-2, but I generally think we could have actually been um, leading in that first half, um, despite some of the issues we caused ourselves. Mm. But United, you know, they 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 fought, they they played well in, uh, to stick in there. Um, we had a lot of personnel missing, so there was, there was elements of creativity that didn't really... Uh, take place in that first half. Johnson was an abs. Oh my god, that kid was stinking up the joint. Um, mm. Timo, obviously, first first game, you know, tried a few things. Not much really came off in that first half. I think Skip had a good first half. Um, Hoiberg was Hoiberg. I'm not going to sit here and give him praises or uh, any sort of anything. He he just what is is exactly what his name is. Um, as for it was so great to see Mickey back. Oh my god, like mm. you, you can already tell. You know, once he was back, I just felt like, yeah, you know, any of those counter attacks, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stifle those. And it, I don't know if most people noticed it, but in the first half, especially in the second half, our line was extremely high. Like we're talking right on the halfway line, and it's like, yeah, go on, you know, kick it over the top. We'll just get that recycle and you know, pin you in. And pretty much, you know, we we stuck to our guns. And um, I think a lot of players could really hold their heads up high in that first half and be disappointed that they went into the half 2-1 uh, down. Yeah, I, I I found it to be quite a hard watch. And not like because I thought we played badly. I just thought we played into their game a bit too much. We tried yeah. to fight chaos with chaos a bit too much. I know that's how Ange likes to do it. And it shouldn't come as a surprise considering our midfield of uh, Ben Tenko, Huibeg and Skip for, for that particular game. Um, but yeah, we just had absolutely no control even when we could have done just rushing things a bit too much. Weren't closing down Bruno Fernandes or any of their will players quick enough. And they were just able to find Rashford at will, who looked really sharp um, in that half. Couldn't explain the drop-off in the second half. But yeah, like the chaos doesn't completely suit us. And it just sees Poro commit into positions to receive the ball and progress it further. And once he's already committed to to a certain position in midfield where obviously Ange asks him to invert. Like if we turn it over quickly, then it's curtains. Like that our left hand side is getting blitz. Well I don't yeah, I don't think the left. I don't think defensively I don't think it was really a good or great game for Poro, if I'm being honest with you. Um I think what um made of turned the tide for people in terms of like the game that he had was mm. obviously the set pieces and deliveries. You know, if cool. people were watching the game and seeing all the corners that he was putting in, um, they might have thought that he had a good game. But I don't think it was actually, I don't think it was even close to any of his more decent games um, this season. Um, so I think overall, I'd say it was probably quite disappointing. Um, 
but again, that not necessarily all his fault, you know, but that left-hand side was getting exposed for, for high heaven and high hell. Um, and it was just, that part was a bit of a hard watch, you know, because a lot of United's, like, attack was being switched from the right to the left for mm. Rashford or whoever to run onto, whereas Garnacho was was being used as a as a salad dressing by Desmond. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't even know why you're here, brother. <laughs> like, man, they're trying to eat salad, you get me, fam? So he kind of dealt with him. It just would have been nice if Poro was able to deal with Rashford much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I know his um, positioning sometimes can be really wayward. Um, Poro, I think 1v1, he's great, but I'm just not sure what percentage of it is actually technically his fault like he's been asked by and to commit to certain positions and if the counter yeah. press doesn't work then he's going to be really exposed and it reminds me of a conversation i think uh, zinchenko and rio ferdinand had um a few months ago about like yeah. oh what what does the um opposing winger do if the fullback inverts and rio ferdinand was just like, i'll just stay up high and um wait for you guys to make a mistake and counter and then zinchenko was just like yeah but then how do you sustain pressure and all of that? And it was like a yeah. kind of old school versus new school type conversation. But yeah, um, it was an interesting one. And Man United adopting Rio Ferdinand's approach. And it almost um, reaped in dividends. Like Garnacho would barely track back. He did try a few times. Rashford wouldn't track back. But it, that out yeah. was just always on if we turned the ball over too quickly. Um, and fortunately for us, we... Um, managed to get a second goal quite early on in the second half. And, yeah, I think that kind of eased our nerves and changed the game for us for the better. But how did you feel? I think um, that second half was much better. Um, we did, obviously, dominate and have the more lion's share of the ball, of the possession, um, which I wasn't surprised with. Uh, it was just disappointing that we didn't really create anything cutting in that second half, uh, with all the the levels of dominance that we um, did have, but but that early goal was a well worked goal. Like uh, um, you know, it was just like it, disappointing in terms of the the forward forward line. I mean, Timo he tried to miss his first game back, so I'm kind of mm. not necessarily going to go after him. And Richarlison did get a goal in the first half. To be fair um, to him as well, um, but my God, for the love of Jesus Christ. Um, that was a really, really bad game for Johnson. It was just, it, there was nothing, nothing there. Yeah, I think people have been harsh criticising his engine. Um, there's been talk of him not having the gas tank for whatever reason. I think that's the very, very, very least of his problems. Like, he's always getting in really good positions and attacking good spaces. Uh, Papa Blankson asks or says, I think we're better defensively with uh, Kulisevsky, Saar especially, I agree with. And Poro on the right hand side, Johnson doesn't quite have the engine, but I don't know I if it's mean, I don't know if it's him not having the engine. I think it's more he just doesn't track back. Or he doesn't track back as much as the the two others. I don't know if that's a requirement or something that um Ange has put in place. Um, but he he definitely doesn't track back nowhere near to the same degree as to what Kulu or um Saar does. Yeah, well Saar especially, right? He's got that right hand channel on lock every game he seems to play uh would you feel like brennan johnson 
and Timo Werner could have done better in this game because I always felt like our best way... I, I never felt like during the whole second half, which we did control, um, I didn't feel like we could create a cutting-edge chance to score from open play. I always felt like our best chance would probably come from a Poro set-piece. Um, yeah, I'd not want to be too harsh uh, on Werner at all. Yeah, but... Werner, yeah Werner, I'm, I'm, it's his first game in, in, a, in a while. You know, uh, like he wasn't even from the conferences uh, before the game. It didn't even sound like Andrew really wanted to start him, to be honest with you. But it sounded like he spoke to the player, and the player was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I need to do, and all that kind of stuff." And he, he, in elements in the second half, he did look tired. Um, so, as I said, it was his first game. I thought there was parts of the first half where you know he got into some you know decent positions and um, tried. <laughs> That's decent. And he tried um, to make something happen. And it didn't really come off. But in the second half, you know, um, granted the ball played to him by Skip was actually behind him and to the left. You know, he recycled it well, um, showed patience, you know, let, could see the instructions being given to him by uh, Bentancourt and obviously laid it on a plate. And Bentancourt took that lovely touch and smashed it into the back of the net. Um, whereas Johnson, honestly, it was a bad game. Like, nothing was coming off. There, there was one part in the first half um, where we done our usual, you know, play down the right-hand side. He is free. He's gone off to the races. Simple cross, you know, low mm. into the feet. Him and Richardson have linked up well for that same type of goal, at least mm. in the last two games. I think it was one against Bournemouth and one against Everton. So back-to-back, even a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he smashed this like over everybody's head. I was like, brother, like, what are you doing? And then he done something similar in the second half. I was like, low drive. That's all we need. You know, make the defender have to do something. Um, so he, that was a really disappointing because really and truly, when you actually look at our team with everyone fit, no offense to Johnson, you know, I don't see um, where, where he starts if I'm being honest with you, especially now that we've got Timo in. Um, but if, we, if we're looking at everybody, um, yeah, if we're looking at everybody being fit, Johnson comes off the bench, which I think would have been fine for him this season, you know, to understand the yeah. system, get into things. But unfortunately for him, he's had an injury as well, um, a stop-start to the, his career at Spurs. But, you know, with all the injuries we've had, he's had to be thrown in the deep end and actually make it work. Some games it's come off, some games it hasn't. Yeah, um, I feel like, as I've, I've said it on previous um, pods and in the group chat as well, I feel like Brennan Johnson has been a net positive for us. That was by far his worst game for us so far. But yeah. if he can stick to the basics and the things he does well, i.e. the cross you alluded to, um, I feel like he must have just overthought that particular one because Richarlison was in acres on that front post. Made a Giroud-type run as well, didn't he? Um, would have got onto the end of that and probably scored. And, yeah, just being able to improve um, his overall quality when he does get into these good positions, which he does tend to do. And he seems to have um, a good mentality to knuckle down and improve and take on more of what Ange wants him to do in the final third. It's just improving that kind of variety of how he can create and how he can score goals. Um, Timo, um, 
I thought at times he could have probably been released earlier, to be fair. But when he yeah. did, I felt like he could have really um, taken on Dallow a bit more. And there was a few times where Poro got in great crossing positions, but he was kind of really, obviously, he, he. I would have liked to have seen him kind of attacking more towards the back post and into the box, but it felt like he was hanging further out wide than what would have been ideal. Yeah. And if a cross was to reach him, he'd be probably a bit further away from goal than yeah. what would have been ideal to do something. Um, so I would only really, if I, this is being critical as well, like again, first game, but if he sees Poro on the ball in space, just be an option uh, yeah. towards that back post. Like that's um, going to be how you're going to get any, any kind of like early joy, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll see how the next game goes. It's, um, an interesting one against Man City. We'll get into that. Oh, how did you feel Ben Tanker did? I think Ben Tanker had a good game. Um, overall, he he had moments. Um, I think he's still coming back to full fitness. So he had mm. moments where he did look um, a little bit out of the game. But in terms of like what he provided for the team, it was overall a good performance. You know, like we know what Ben Tanker can deliver for us. I don't think anyone really complains about what Benton Court brings to the team. And we saw with the goal, uh, the quality that he has. So, you know, there was, there's loads of positives now that he seems to be getting um, back up to match, uh, match uh, sharpness and match fitness. Uh, we just need to make sure that we keep him fit for the remainder of the season. Exactly that. And I, I, I keep on saying it, but I can't get over it. He's just a midfielder who can literally do everything. Um, there was a few times Hoybjerg, who I thought had an okay game, to be fair. Uh, he lost the ball on the half turn a couple of times, like right on the edge of our area. And like every time it was Ben Tanker that quickly put the fire out. And I'm like, how are you there? But then you're up the other end of the pitch and you're being the goal threat and you score a great second goal for us and everything else. And at the same time, he covers so much ground off the ball. Yep. He can win his duels most of the time. He's very press resistant. He can carry. He's got a great pass variety. He's added the goals package to his game now. Like, there's literally not a thing he can't do. Um, and this has left a lot of people to speculate and debate whether he's wasted as a six, as he played against an, as an eight against Man United and absolutely shone. Um, good contender for man of the match, in yeah. my opinion. But the other contender uh, would be Richie Ladd. Um, Richie Ladd, do you think Richie Ladd should be your man of the match? I think he was mine. Um, I do apply a tiny bit of um, Johnny Evans and Varane being cooked tax um, because they are pretty cooked, especially Varane, whose um, like legs and knees have completely changed shape. Uh, but that was a very complete nine performance, I think. I think he had a good performance. Like, I don't think there, there was, like, he held up the ball um, very well, uh, linked up well with other teammates. Um, but for me, if I'm giving man of the match, I'm, I'm actually going to give it to, to Destiny. Okay. I think I think he just done a great lock-up job. I, I don't remember seeing Garnacho in the, in the... There's two players I don't remember seeing. And the second one I'm going to mention, I didn't even know he was playing in the second half till United had a free kick later on in the game. And that was Bruno Fernandes. I had no clue he was on on the second half. I actually didn't know. I thought he got something. Really? Like, I was like, wow, this guy is, he really does go missing, you know? So, um, 
yeah, that was a uh, for me it would be destiny. But yeah, I can understand the the Richarlison shout, even though some people wouldn't like it. Yeah, um, I don't hate that at all. And like you said, it was hard to um, remember who was actually playing for United. Like Ericsson, I couldn't remember was playing that much, even though he started. Garnacho, I thought he was actually quite bright in the first half, or he was at least getting into dangerous positions and could have maybe even won a penalty of Destiny had he um, rode his luck a little bit more. Yeah, literally. Um, but no, um, this is why I love Touchline Fracker, though, because they coin certain phrases all the time, which should be used in football fandom and punditry more. And then the, f- uh, the phrase was coined of uh, Destiny's Child after that yeah. game, referring to Garnacho. And it works. It works. It works. Um, but yeah, okay. Destiny Doggy Man of the Match. If there's anyone um, in the comments listening to this or watching this now, please say your man of the match. Um, there was a fair few. Mine would probably still be Richarlison with Ben Tanker, very, very close second or even joint first, but I don't want to be boring with that. Um, Dragushin made his debut. Um, and, and briefly, um, went to a three at the back instead of bringing on, um, Jamie Donnelly to perhaps come on and show a creative spark. I mean, what were your thoughts, um, on that in general because you put quite a um a sexy three at the back line up in the group chat so yeah i mean obviously with dragusin coming to the to the team you know we um have the luxury of being capable of playing three at the back if we want to um still playing the four as well because um, he can play right back um i i even had a thought today that there could be games where you know him or no, not maybe not him. Maybe Romero could go more into the uh, defensive midfield role. Let's say you know if there's certain games where we want to have like I don't know crazy two you know two tens um, and we just want to shore up the whole six role with you know somebody who's a bit more defensive minded. You know, there's there's room for like movement, but in terms of their debuts, um, not really much to go on. Um, Dragusin had one. Um, you know, one cross that came in that he had to clear. That guy's a man mountain, by the way, because that cross was not, you know, even though it wasn't high, you know, it wasn't like crazy high. You know, he dealt with that quick. You know, I <laughs> said that doesn't need to come into our box whatsoever. And I like the fact that he's a he's an athlete, so it's not he's not one of those defenders where it's low block. You know, every cross comes in, header it out. No, he, you know, he can play. So I think in the upcoming weeks we're going to probably see more of him. Um, either in the starting lineup or um, coming off the bench and, and getting um, more game time, and it will be interesting to see how um, Ange, you know, uses him. Because if we do use a back three, you know, that back three, Destiny and Poro will definitely be on the left and the right. Um, yeah, exactly what um, Papa said. Uh, so Destiny and Poro will definitely be on the right because they can work as wing backs. Um, and get up and down the pitch. Um, that, to be honest, you really only leaves two positions in the centre midfield, which I would probably give to Madison and uh, Bentoncourt. It's very attackive, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and then you've got Kulu, um, Son, Richarlison up top. Um, but we have to see because I, I don't think I don't think Ange has ever shied away from. Um, Playing the back three, uh, but it's mm-hmm. not 
necessarily his actual system. So we'll see. I, I'm more inclined to to believe um, that in the next few games, Dragusin comes on the pitch to play right back and Poro goes up top. Poro goes up top? Yeah, he As goes... As in right wing or...? Yeah, right wing. Okay, it is interesting. And then, um, then the Kuru whole... either drops into the 10, you know, like Saul or whoever comes off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, the whole three at the back um, conversation as well, because we don't really have any top um, like out-and-out wingers. Um, it's a shame that like, Hill's underperformed in his cameos. Perisic got injured. So kind of playing two tens with two sixes and Sun just kind of poaching up front does make sense, but maybe just not on like a starting it on a game-by-game basis. Yeah. Um, obviously, following the divine thing, we do have a question from the Kitchen King. For um, why don't we have divine in the squad for next season? This is um, moving on to transfer window talk now. Why don't we have divine in the squad for next season if this championship loan is successful instead of Connor Gallagher? Then we could buy six in the summer. I think we have some good young talent. Phillips, Divine, Scarlet, etc., and they've got to be trusted. Yeah, I mean, in the summer we've got preseason, you know, so we can have, um, um, we can have, uh, you know, a long hash up way. Look, we can have a long preseason in which we can take a real good look at, you know. The, the quality that we have in the the younger ranks, and um, so so long as you know divine, you know meets the requirements that uh, Postecoglou is looking for, then I don't see a problem as to why we don't throw him in the fold, you know, because like we've had Alfie Dorrington as part of the first team for quite a while um, this part of the season. I know he hasn't mm-hmm. played um, or got game time, but he's been in around the mix. So clearly, there's some sort of like building of uh, their abilities um, for the future. You know, and he doesn't seem like he's afraid to start uh, younger talent. Saar and Destiny are a perfect example of that. So, yeah, I mean, Donny, who's been turning out for the for the other twenty threes and every age group he seems to play in, especially last season where he was playing for every one of our youth teams simultaneously at once. It looked like mm. um, ideally should have got at least like five to ten minutes against United. See, this yeah. didn't look like we were going to score from open play at all. We have full control. Um, I've seen quite a few um, bigger teams just trusting some of the youth. You've got Man City who threw in Oscar Bob and he scored a great goal for them to win away from really, yeah, at really Newcastle. And considering he could have just gone down and won the penalty in the first place, it made it even better. Um, sorry, Trippier. Uh, Kobe Mainu has been probably United's best midfielder since he's come in 18. So it's not like he would have been like the only youth player on the pitch. Um, a point made by many. And yeah, um, it's a shame. I think now LaCelso, Kulisevsky, Madison are going to be quickly coming back in. I think he's either going to be loaned out or um, yeah, he'll just play the rest of his season with the youth teams. But I'm actually kind of hoping he gets a loan now, but we'll see how it goes. Could they even join Troy Parrott at Excelsior? Who knows? But yeah, as it's the January transfer window, just following on the uh, Conor Gallagher talk. Conor Gallagher, I'm I'm still on the fence with him, to be honest. I just felt yeah. like 
we can allocate our funds better elsewhere. Like there's quite a few sixes I like. Like even I doubt we'd be able to prize away at Kobe Menu, but Billy Gilmore from Brighton. Um, there's that Redondo Jr., um, if I've said his name right, which a lot of people have speculated about. And that's probably where I feel like our money could be better allocated. Yeah. I don't think that those type of players would be as expensive as Conor Gallagher either. But either way, um, money doesn't seem to be that much of a problem for us for um, for the future. And Levy seems to be getting his flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Levy is getting his flowers. I think it's more, if I'm being honest with you, he, he should be thanking Paratici. You know, um, yes, we, we hired a crook and, and the crook done what you know he needed to do uh, to get us over the rank. Where I think Levy uh, can earn his stripes, uh, if you want to consider it to be stripes, is how crude he's been business wise. Uh, but mm. that's nothing, you know, that is nothing new. Uh, he's even still looking to take advantage of more clubs um, due to this financial fair play. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, I don't ever. Uh, that's an. It's a weird narrative that because it's, it's. We've been a kind of accused of being taken advantage of clubs, but yeah, we paid fifty million almost for Brendan Johnson, and um, well, sixty million all in if you include the bonuses for Richarlison. I don't think that's taking advantage. I think we've overpaid for. I think we got anyway. If you want my honest opinion, <laughs> like, but, where has that narrative come from? Like, I, that's I the narrative that's out there. You know, I don't know if it's him uh, spin doing a spin doctor kind of thing and putting out the press um for him but that's listen that's what's out there um i can only report that what's out there and you know the the reports are that you know he's a we know he's a shrewd businessman that part you can't take away from it but in terms of like uh doing good work this is this is apparently where it is taking advantage i think would be going to certain italian clubs and signing their best talents for like less than 15 million pounds like was around that much. Udogi was less, but on yeah. the premise that he stayed on loan for the rest of like that season, um, more for the whole of that season. But yeah, we only got him for like twelve million or something. So yeah. that is taking advantage. I, I don't true. think paying for Richarlison and Brendan Johnson is like I, I just don't I don't see that at all. I fully agree because like even you know um, Brendan Johnson, you could say uh, well people say English tax despite the fact that he's Wales. Um, or British. Um, but British tax and Richarlison, it that, that has to be Premier League tax, and even then, that doesn't even make sense. We spent 60 million on it, you know, we could have easily got um Isaac for the same price, <laughs> so yeah, and saved and probably saved six million, you know, just, just to put into hypotheticals, you know, what it was. Yeah, well, Newcastle, um, not building a statue for their chairman unlike us um we may still even be able i mean i highly highly doubt this will happen but we could still take advantage of their situation and sign a certain number 14 which would have a lot of fun irony to it as well that would be hilarious to be fair you couldn't even deny that that would be i don't know mm. if i want to experience that because of how funny it would be <laughs> it would be it would be bloody hilarious yeah, you might even have to get a season ticket on the South Stand if Isaac was to join, tear it up as a number 14. Like, you just know time. he would be cold as well. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think it's pretty untouchable, even for cash money club like us. It's going to be interesting to see. It's like the UEFA rule of um, this profit sustainability thing where I think, I think... Um, 
I'll probably be corrected if I'm wrong, but from the 25-26 season onwards, clubs can only spend 70% of their total revenue with the only concession being made uh, with the profit made from players that you sell. Um, yeah, that's what I read um, a couple of days ago, apparently. Yeah. So if we were to sell a youth product, like, I don't know, I'm not if I skip 50 million, that's 100% profit, and we get to add, like, I think it's more than 15 million to what we can spend. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't fully understand it. I just know we're looking pretty good, especially yes. if Man City end up having to answer for these charges. Hopefully, um, that's a bit of a distraction in the build up. That man ain't answering for nothing. Yeah, they're, they're going to be all 115 charges. Oh, I, I still kind of have that clip living rent through in my head where there, it just has those lawyers walking up to that courtroom. Yeah. The boys are in trouble and it is, um, it's true that like, they're going to be armed to the teeth. With yeah, they're not playing. A lawyer for each charge, I, I would not be surprised. They're not playing at all. Mm. So Perisic looks like he's going to Hajduk split. He's uh, taking oh, no, the thing as Kalinic. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got the here we go. Yeah, he's got the here we go. He's he's gone. Um, and I think it's a good move for all parties. If I'm being honest with you, um, oh, he's yeah, injured. He's injured to the end of the season. There's no point of like keeping him on the books, paying him a wage, and all that kind of stuff. The what I read was that he he will be taking like it's a super pay cut. So I think he's like getting paid a euro, a yeah. euro a week, or something, euro like week. Mm-hmm. something like that. You know. Because of like, I think I don't think they have the money basically. Same as Kalinic. Yeah, it's just, it's just some 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 cheap deal whatsoever. So, so yeah, um, I think yeah, it's a good good thing, and obviously it takes wages off our off our books. Um, considering the fact that we're paying uh, t- for Timo's wages, you know that means that we're not you know we're not double paying, and you know there's some money to be saved in the in the kitty. Antonio News are in potentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good initial thoughts on him. 30 million euros potentially going loaned back to Belgium for the rest of the season. Again, I think it's a great deal. Uh, if it got, if it gets over the over the hill, that's um one for the future. That's uh, you know, meant to be one of these wonder kid, one of these star boys. Um, there's a lot of hype around him, naturally, as as you get with these uh, younger talent. Left wing as well, which means that we're you know signing for the future, uh, and that pretty much for the beginning now that builds you know bases on the left hand side. That would be if you know if he if we get that deal over the hill, that's destiny and uh, Nusa on the left hand side in terms of the the newer recruits or the the new uh, young bucks that are coming through. Saar obviously in midfield, um, and then when you really look at the the, the age of the team, you know uh, you got. Uh, uh, Radu um, Dragusin at 21, you got uh, Mickey at 22, 23, you know, um, and then you've kind of got, you know, well, I keep forgetting that Kulu's 23 even, you know, and then you've got your elders, you know, all your elder statesmen in your Romero, Vicario, uh, Basuma, Bentoncourt even, um, Richarlison, Son, uh, to make up the, the rest of the team, and even, I think, Porro's 24, so it's pretty young. You know, that's we're talking. We're talking about building a base that you know can stay strong for at least another five to ten seasons. Papa Blankson asks, 
Would you rather have a destroyer number six that covers ground defensively or a number six that can ping and set tempo? It's got um, it's one hundred percent got to be a number six that can um ping and set tempo. Um because of the system that we play. It doesn't require a destroyer at all. Yeah, I mean I was thinking ideally a number a good number six should be able to do both to a good extent anyway. Yeah, to, even 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 if they're not a destroyer destroyer, you know, if they're if they're just decent enough. Uh, at the defensive elements in fact their offensive elements could be the defensive element you know giving them the ball at the right time and or the, you know when we break down a, a play they're able to just you know create an attack immediately that's that's the equivalent of you know being or as um, important to us as a destroyer so it's always going to be uh, the the um the more pinging and setting tempo uh six that we need in this setup maybe if we was a conte team thank god we don't have that guy normal um then it would be a destroyer you know but you know what what we've done over the last season in getting rid of conte helping dia find his brother you know the, these are important <laughs> stuff you know we've we've done some great work i'm proud this is your first podcast on since dia's uh since dia's left and i i sent him a, a message on uh twitter but it didn't go through uh, I think I blocked, uh, but such is life, you know. Um, you know, I wanted to wish him well, uh, him and the family, uh, and especially for finding the person that slapped his brother. It was clearly somebody in Germany. I said this a couple of years ago, but nobody wanted to listen to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm proud that you know he he managed to to you know find a culprit in Germany, and I hope he stays there. I hope he uh, remains there forever. Uh, I never want to see him in one lane ever again. Not during a Champions League game. Nothing. Never want to see him again. Jeez. Oh, I didn't think you'd say anything different to that. Um, but yeah, age, age profile to our squad's looking very good. To be fair, and uh, long may it continue. Even though, um, yeah, to answer Papa Blanks's question as well, I probably prefer um, the latter in a tempo setter, but. Yeah, they have to be able to break up play a little bit as well. We'll see. If it's someone like Palinia from Fulham, even though he's uh, getting on a little bit now, I definitely wouldn't say no to that either. I think he's someone who can do both. I, yeah, I think he's decent. Actually, I do. He's, yeah, he's decent. But um, I, if I'm going to say somebody who can do a little bit of both, um, I, I know they're not available, but it'd be um, Douglas Luiz. Ooh, yeah, I really like him. That's who I'd take. Um, not necessarily Paulinho. I don't. I don't want people to think I don't like Paulinho. I think he's quality. Um, but Douglas Luiz, you know, having watched a few Aston Villa games this season, yeah, he's about that. He is. He is. We need not forget that Basuma can do it as well. And uh, he can, but he's just, he's just gone off the ball. You know, in recent games, don't know what's happened. Apparently, he's just contracted malaria as well. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, apparently that's what got reported. Um, but that's you know, you'll shrug it off. You'll, you'll either be able to play games or shouldn't be nothing too serious. A lot of players contract uh, malaria at AFCON um, tournaments. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things, like the common cold. Added. Damn. How are Ghana doing? In Afcon We're garbage. <laughs> oh. We are trash. I'm <laughs> seeing memes about the IU brothers every single time Ghana play. And oh, listen, Andre, Andre's had a good career. Yeah, some would say great. I just say good. 
internationally, he's done little bits for us, even from when he was young. But he's brother Jordan. Listen, I know Ghanaians can clip this and send this to the family. I couldn't care less. That brother Jordan is garbage. He's been garbage his entire career. His hairline's garbage. The way he wears shirts are garbage. His boots are garbage. He's just garbage. Yeah. And he starts every time for Ghana. And I don't know why. I just don't understand it. Like, what, what have we done wrong as a nation that in 2024, not 2010, by the way, yeah, 2024, Jordan Ayu is still starting in our front lineup. And it's not just him. It's not just him. Let me tell you this right now, yeah, because I need to know what happened. Inyaki Williams, yeah, was meant to be this guy mm-hmm. from, from Athletic Club. And I don't understand... What happened? Did he cross the border into Ghana and just lose all powers? Because yeah, this God. is what they were saying on the last main part. Like once all these good players get to Afcon, all of the stats reset. They go from like an 85, 86 or whatever, right to down zero. to 60, and you have to get the stats back in blood. It's mad. It's, it I love even that say so much. That was hilarious. It doesn't even make sense. You know, like you know, like when you, obviously I'm I'm a pro evolution soccer player. I'm not really a FIFA player, so I don't know what the term is. But on Pro Evolution Soccer, the the single player mode is called um, become a legend. When you start, you create your own, you know, character. You start, you know, you build build your way up, mm. and all your stats are white. There's not a yellow, green, red stat in sight. Everything is white. Yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't pass. You can't defend. You ain't got no strength. You barely got any speed. <laughs> like you've got to pass and move the entire game. These Africans, they cross. It's true. They cross the border and they get. Have you ever watched the Mummy One? Have ever watched what? Sorry, the first Mummy. Oh, uh, yes, yes, I have. Do, do you remember when Imhotep went into the pyramid and he lost his powers? He's like, oh! <laughs> He said, he said the great gods, he said the great gods want him to fight as a mortal. That's what happens to all these African players when they cross the front. Once the plane hits the borderline of Africa, the top of Egypt, bow, just, ah, just sinking in the plane, just, ah. The great, Salah's there holding his, his hamstring there. They want me to play with, with no, no enhancements. Ah, oh, forget, finished. Oh my God, I was, was watching. Shocking. I was watching the game yesterday, praying for blood. Like, I would have, like, obviously it was Ivory Coast versus Nigeria. And I think half, at least half the group chat have have some Nigerians. So I was thinking if Ivory Coast score, I was literally just going to go in on the group chat, voice that, ah, Kota the Ivory, ah, bow, bow, bow. (laughs) For context, I I pronounced the Ivory Coast as that once (laughs) on the podcast with a full accent. And that, that would have been gold. I was praying for that to happen. And um, that, they're no, not good no more, by the way. Did so. Ivory Coast take the lead? That's all for you. Good players. Kese, Fafana. I think no. Uh, Oriers, still good. Yeah, I mean, but they're not. The team is I can't, I can't remember who they were playing up front now, but I was just like, look, it's AFCON. Like, anything can happen. Anything I can happen. That's good. getting criticized left, right, and center. I was like, nah, he's, he's not. He's, yeah, he's wow. He, he's gone to AFCON and. He's lost it. You know, people are blaming the, the pitch. I'm like, nah, brother. It's just, that's what AFCON does. You know, Drogba was, was you know, lift, bench pressing 
players in the Premier League. He he went to Afcon and got bench pressed himself. It's quite common. Yeah, uh, Ibrahim Sankari, uh, Jeremy Bogus, very good. Yeah, they got a few. few good the team players, sounds good. They're not good. Fair enough. All right, moving on now. Then, um, yeah, Tottenham's next game against City at home in the cup. What are your thoughts? Because I'm feeling like um, I'm in a kind of just bring it on type mood. Like Man City, I mean, this is going to come back to bite all of us now, but they've not scored at our new stadium yet. Um, Eventually, that's going to have to end. We've got more players back. They've got yeah. to answer for certain allegations. Might distract them in the build-up. We hope so. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Are you Are you confident? So I got told a stat today um, that I was actually shocked about. I think in the last 18 games we faced against them, it's a 50 for 50. Mm. So we've won nine and they've, in terms of like wins, yeah, I think we've won nine and they've won nine. Like straight shootout. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, and we've won, you know, at their ground. Um, they've won our ground in those times and, you know, so on and so forth. So for me, yeah, I'm in the same kind of mood. Yeah, bring it on because it's, it's a cup competition. Like, what, what else are you going to do about it? You either face them now or you face them later. Um, so why not just get it over and done with, really? Um, it's yeah. our home stadium. We have to make something of it. We have to, you know, really take the game to them and show them what we're about and not be afraid in any way, shape or form. Yes, we've got some people returning back. So have they. Um, so it's definitely going to be a shootout. Um I don't think we should be afraid whatsoever. We we are City's bogey team. Any team's going to cause, you know, uh, some sort of, like, weird upset. It should be really us, if we're being brutally honest. Um, mm. And, you know, they've already gone out of a cup already in this season. I think they went out to Newcastle. I might be wrong in terms of who they went out to. But, you know, they've already gone out in a cup. So it doesn't mean, like, yeah. they, we can't, you know, because we, we're the underdogs in this. Let's not lie to ourselves and make it sound like, you know, we're... we're but not. We are definitely the underdogs in this. Um, and I think we can definitely go and get something out of this game. And if we do get the victory um, in this FA Cup tie, I, I don't see why the players and the fans can't be boisterous in thinking we could go the distance. We're knocking out one of the favourites. They are the favourites. They're always the favourites. So why wouldn't we be, you know, willing to um, consider ourselves as one of them if we do knock them out, especially with the way we play. I just think we just can't be scared in this game whatsoever. We went to the um, to, uh, what's it called? What's this? The Etihad, three uh, three. Went behind what three times? Or did, yeah, no, we we scored early and then we, yeah we went behind like three times because they scored uh, once, twice, and then um, the third goal. And we, you know we drew it back and we drew that game with Emerson and Davis at the back. Mm-hmm. You know we've got. Pretty much our defensive line back. So let's see. Let's go for machine for machine. Yeah. Um, Papa Blanks has asked, do we start Madison from the start or bring one up around half time on the second half? No, we start that guy from the start. We we, uh, we, we need goals. <laughs> we need we need a lead. Yeah, because ideally I would I would say give Madison 60 minutes. You know, if, you know, obviously this is hypothetical, so I don't want nobody to think, oh yeah, I was talking. Um you in an ideal world, we're three 0 up. Madison comes off the bench. We see out the game, you know. But we just know that's not going to happen. So we need to get our creative players into the game as early as possible. 
you know, hopefully hold for, you know, get a lead and just, you know, defend and, and work it well. Yeah, it's going to be some control. I'm thinking Ben Tanker probably comes into the team as a six with, say, then Skip and Madison. Um, no. I'm thinking Kulisevsky needs to play out on the right, though, to give us balance because Richard, I, I don't feel confident with a front three of Johnson, Richarlison and Werner all doing the same thing. I, so I feel I like a strong feeling. I think Werner's got something for me against City, you know. I hope so, but I've got a I've got a strong feeling. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't know how bad the injury is actually. So let me let me say that before I say what I'm gonna say. But I have a feeling Ange might play Benton Core. This is what I think he might play, and this is what I I I also think he might play, depending on if everyone's fit. So if it currently stands how it is, then it'll be Benton Court, Skip Madison. If yeah. everyone's fit, I, I think he will play La Celso Madison. I think he'll go for it. Yeah. I would not be mad at that at all. I think he'll go for it. That's just my, my thought on it. Kulu is definitely going on to the right. What that does for Johnson, he could he could play Madison and Kulu at midfield. But I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like because I know I know what that front three is gonna look like. I don't like it. I don't like it. My thinking to that but is Johnson did Johnson did cook Carl Walker, so don't be fooled if he starts. He cook was it did he cook Carl Walker or was he cooked Carl Walker for the, the um for the equalizer? The one that yes, yes, was. he did. He did. Wow, really yes, he bad. did. Great cross as well. He's liberal gates, bro. And he and he delivered a very good cross, left footed as well. Yeah. Can't take it away from the kid. That's what he did. <laughs> that was actually such a good cross as well. Um, my thinking was with if you're starting Madison and the Celso together, so say Madison can't play the full 90, which is likely, who comes on for him in the second half? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you if yeah, it's yeah, in terms of like fitness, the Celso's probably gonna come off the bench if if yeah. if he's even fit. Um, I think Skip is definitely gonna get a run out. Skip had a good game against United. He had a, a, a relatively good game. I don't think it was poor in any way, shape, or form. Um, I just need us to beat City. I need that. <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go out this early in the in the cup whatsoever. I just. I. I want a cup run. I really wish Son was playing this game. Like I. I would put my house on us winning. Oh yeah, if we had Son. If we had Sun, that that would be game over. But yeah, yeah, I'd be I talking crazy. Yeah, Kulisevsky kind of tucking a little bit, and then you got Werner and Richarlison causing chaos in behind. I think oh, I'm hoping Werner can kind of see Man City as oh, okay, they're big Man City. There's not much pressure on me. I can kind of try and express myself a bit more. Uh, and will try and alleviate the pressure off him as well. I'm sure. And mm. um, like all it takes for him to have a successful load of spurs is for him to have a Fernando Torres at Chelsea moment in the cup. Like he could do initial for like the rest of his loan. If he does something against City and we do really well in the FA Cup, that's yeah, all it's really he has too, to do. I know what you mean because Fernando Torres' time at, at Chelsea, I know some some of their fans 
try to look back on it fondly, but that guy, he'd lost all powers. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. some of the things he was doing at Chelsea was egregious, was absolutely disgusting. I'll never forget the day he went round De Gea and smashed the post. I was yeah, like, I was oh, thinking of like, that exact one. He was I in said, my fantasy team that day as well. Yeah, it? I was like, I don't even, I have no clue how he did that. Yeah, but, um, you know, the goal he scored against Barcelona, folklore. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the history books forever now. Yeah, like they're going to remember you. And Gary Neville's flipping moaning sounds. Don't know what he was doing there, but oh well, it's such a life. Um, so yeah, we, we need, I think, especially seeing um, how City played against, was it Newcastle? It was Newcastle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Newcastle just gone. I'm like, yeah, they can't play like that against us. That I know that sounds, you know, brazy, but I, I think defensively we're better than Newcastle. They definitely can't play that way against us because with the players we got coming back, it could be, it could be a madness. Or, or we can create all the chances under the sun and not hit a barn door. That's the difference, you know. That like is... we, we yeah. can legitimately this game. If we're on song, we could smash them. If we're not. And, you know, we're, we're doing the same nonsense we were doing against um, Aston Villa. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. The Aston Villa game is the game I thought of when you said about playing Madison and the Celso together. And I was like, that could work so well. But, yeah, the I don't know. I don't know. It could also be quite chaotic. Um, and De Bruyne is back now as well. So Yeah, well, we, we all know that guy's... Still looking a bit thick though, but I mean, he, he, huh? he looks like he's being quite dangerous. Still bruv, looking the goal, a little the bit. Goal he scored. Come on, bruv. <laughs> Forget the assist. People were were going crazy about the assist. I'm like, yeah, great ball. Like we're not going to sit here and lie. It's a great ball, great finish. But the goal he scored is ridiculous. Man <laughs> so passed it through another man's legs into the. He, he basically passed it. He didn't shoot that. He said, "There you go." Back of your net. I said, nah, stop that. Because if he does that against us, mm. I, I have to switch off my TV. Somebody is going, I'm going to lose it. Like, if he if he does that against us, I'm going to lose it. Nope, I'm not having that. That is disrespectful. Mm. And that's why I'm not going to the stadium. Well, fair enough then. But nah, it's actually there. because I'm not going to be in the country, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you, you've treated yourself to a fair few holidays recently, huh? Hey. Damn, boy. You know, it's it's Pun time. Intended. It's time to uh, stretch, stretch legs. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. All right, well, thank no, you sure. for signing that off. I'm, I'm still confident of a win as well. I'm just not confident enough to put in the score prediction. Right, uh, okay, <sighs> I'll go for it. I'm going to say. Uh, Sorry. Two one Spurs. Two one. Oh, you think Man City are going to score at our stadium? Yeah, the, the duck insane? has to end. The duck has to end. Probably be Oscar Bob that does it. Bob That'll Bob piss Bob. me off. <laughs> <laughs> That'll piss me off. That'll piss me off. The duck, yeah, the duck definitely has to end. I'm, I'm a, a, to be honest with you, I'm even shocked that they haven't scored at our stadium. 
Mm, oh my god! No, 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 times where they've created so many clear-cut opportunities, and it's like, okay, well, yeah. If it isn't voodoo, well, they, what is it? They really haven't scored at our state. You know, I was gonna say no. They did score against us in the Champions League, and I realized no, all their goals came at their ground. <laughs> I said no. Mental. Yeah, yeah. The duck has to end, surely. Yeah, you think? You think? If it doesn't, hey, I ain't gonna be mad, but. It will and Vicario it. deserves a clean sheet, to be honest with you. Although, if they don't score and then they have to get relegated because they've um, they they found guilty of their charges and they just never play at our stadium ever again, that's one hell of a record. I don't think they're going to get relegated. I don't think they're even going to get found guilty of these charges somehow. Same. Somehow. Same. All I, all I ask, if uh, there's any Man City fans, no executives within your club you know if i'm ever in a pickle please give me those lawyers <laughs> seem to be on job fucking hell it's just an army of those characters from suits i think what's the main character's name harvey loads of harvey specters just running yep. up in the joint and doing the madness doing their business all right mate well thank right. you for for joining us on this pod um yeah, yeah. We obviously thank Ellen the Vale podcast for coming on again. Uh, we got clips coming out on New Spurs orders Instagram, on their TikTok, on the Patreon. It's it's leveling up, it's still gradually leveling up bit by bit. Yeah, thank you again for joining uh, us on this pod as well today. Been a fantastic yeah. co host as usual. And Scott's and, corner um, should be back from next week as well. So, oh, damn, oh, damn. Well, there we go. Um, and yeah, obviously look out for the streams, which will happen whenever, and the audio every Saturday morning. And for now, peace out. Come on, you Spurs. Peace. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.